Welcome back, episode seven. I think we're on now the Strong Dads podcast. Um, yeah, flying. Good, uh, good week, boys. Surviving isolation with uh, the little one, Jones. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. He's uh, he's free on Friday, so all good. Counting down the days. So yeah, just about. And uh, <laughs> birthday parties for you yesterday. Nearly. Well, yeah, yeah. As much as a birthday party you can have in um, lockdown, yeah. It was uh, a lot of banners and balloons, and uh, yeah, it was good. We had like a bit. She had a bit of a double birthday, to be honest. So we did Saturday, dressed up the house a bit, give the got like a teepee thing, like a tent in the front room. She just runs into that, and then Sunday we kind of give a present. So, yeah, and it was lots Brilliant. of tea and just stuff about. So yeah, uh, awesome. so happy days. They know something's got. They have no idea what it is, but they get something's going on. Yeah, she was. So, I got a video yeah. uh, posted. She was so confused. Like it took her ten minutes to kind of go. What have you done? Like what? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think like because it's Fred's birthday in a few weeks, and obviously Christmas coming up. Like this, he's at the age now where he starts to understand. Yeah, I think so. He knows. So it's like I say, not not for like the first couple where they just like. What what's going on? I don't understand and stuff like. Cause I remember, especially his first birthday, there was like people in the house and all that, like singing him happy birthday, just burst into tears, like well overwhelmed, just like I don't like this. Take me out, take me away, take me away. You know, it's so, a really um, sobering thought. I was speaking to a client the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, you got a really cherished Christmas, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like just thinking nothing of it, he goes. You only get like three or four, you know, where they proper believe in Santa Claus. I went, no. He went, think about it. It's, it takes them a few years to get there. And then by the time they've got into it, you've got four years. And then they start going, ah, I'm not buying into this red man coming in the house thing. <laughs> so like, they just landed in the head and went, oh, shit. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for that. That's just uh, ruined it for me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm about that. I'll, I'll I'll start scratching my four off now, shall I? <laughs> now now he's old enough to understand. Hey, more than anything, I got told off for this, saying this at the weekend. And said, uh, that's just made it really realise for me that you only get three or four where you can tell them barefaced lies to get them to behave from like September through to the back end of the year. Well, it's like <laughs> Santa, Santa's elves are watching you. If you if you're naughty, you won't get any presents. I was banking on that every year being able to tell them lies like that just to get them to behave. Yeah, when she's 15, you're still using it. She's like, yeah, all right, Dad. Yeah. All right, Dad, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm off out. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> she goes, I can't believe you're saying that about it. I can't believe you. I was like, why? <laughs> anyway, right, let's, let's get into today then. So following on a bit from last week, so we went through kind of what build, how we build a, a strong dad or what builds a strong dad. And we talked mostly about training. So figured we'd follow on and go into nutrition and mindset. Um, so it's probably going to be a battle between me and you today, James, because I want to talk about nutrition. You want to talk about mindset. So how quickly <laughs> you, you can shuffle us. Uh, no, right. I'll, get, I'll, 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 I'll let you go first because like, so we're, only, we're only talking about it for a few minutes. Pro, <laughs> protein, carbs and broccoli. So good to go then. We won't. So see, <laughs> well... Oh, oh, I tried oh. to I tried to keep it into I'll make some notes and make it into three bits that I felt people probably need to look at and then we can talk around to add value to to people and in, in terms of like helping their understanding with it. And that was kind of nice. calories, protein, and then flexibility with it. Beer, so beers, beers you mean and flexibility. Okay, yeah. So beers. Calories, protein, and beers, <laughs> flash, pizza, oh, burgers. So, I didn't, I, yeah. just worry about that times because I refer to flexibility a lot. And I wonder how many times people are reading my social media posts or listening to stuff like this go, what's he on about flexibility with like your diet? Is it like, yeah, trying, trying, to touch, trying to touch the toes eating the food off the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does worry me that people are going to go down that line. So, I figured I'd open it up. So, so, so like, obviously, and we probably speak about this enough in terms of like calorie deficit and all stuff like that. In terms of if we're looking to lose fat. Now, the one thing I wanted to open up is that doesn't necessarily mean for all of us is like you need to count calories. So the biggest obstacle that I found with this with clients at times is, I guess, control of how much control you can have of your diet and then therefore time and I guess inclination 
to want to actually count calories and things like that. Where have you boys mm. sort of found that with either yourselves or with, or with clients in terms of calories? What issues have you come against? Um, I think a lot of it is, well, a lot of counting calories is you use it as an like educational tool because it's like, it's almost like trying to demonstrate a lift for somebody like that they, they learn in different ways and talking saying right you've got to eat x amount of protein x amount of carbs x amount of fat and these are calories stick to them it's like that's all well and good but do does the client understand why they're doing it why you've got those numbers etc etc or do do they want to know and obviously you know you're looking at sort of weight loss body composition, muscle growth and stuff like that. And it, it, it's it's part of like a educational tool that you want them to eventually understand what they're yeah. eating, why they're eating, how it impacts them. You know, you don't you don't want to be like on my fitness pal 24-7 or worried about, oh, I can't have this, I can't have that. Because at the end of the day, unless you're a professional athlete or getting up on stage, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you you're going to be eating sort of well to support your lifestyle 80% of the time. And then 20% of the time, you know, I say talking about the proverbial beers and pizza, you know, just being enjoying yourself, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, I mean, I have times in the year where I'll track and not track and it just gives you that tool of um, understanding what's in food, you know, especially with clients. Like, I think we are pretty good with it because we've probably tracked in the past or understood, you know, can you look at a chicken mm. breast for instance and know how much protein's in it? Do you know how much calories are in it? And I think just tracking calories does give you an understanding. I mean, as a bit of an example, like over the weekend, obviously it was Elizabeth's birthday. We had like sausage rolls laid out and bits of cake and stuff and I didn't track, but it didn't feel like I ate a lot of food. I was never like full, but if I tracked it, I reckon my calories are way beyond what I would usually eat mm. as opposed to like having three yeah. meals a day. So yeah, that, if, you know, I don't think people, if you're not quite kind of, mm. you know, attracted in the past, you probably won't understand how much you're actually consuming calories. Worth. Just on that, you know, you said you feel, you felt your calories were probably way higher than what you'd normally say inverted commas normally consume in a day. Do you, are you going to make concessions for that this week? Or is it just like, yeah, you know, it's daughter's <laughs> birthday just whatever do you know what i mean i've like, got this fine. little uh i've got a little thing in my head going i should just you know pull it back a bit but i'm also like you know what it was the weekend it was I tra- i've trained today you know i'm gonna get some walking and i'll just get back to normal again and it'll uh you know it's you know i'm not I'll probably uh rimmy are gonna go into like calories and, you know, <laughs> the and stuff. Uh, but yeah it, you know i've probably you know at uh, three and a half thousand calories more, which is like equates to probably a pound of fat, but I'm not going to do anything crazy to try and knock it down. And I think it actually becomes a bad cycle for people, doesn't it? Like, yeah. you know, I feel like it's the Weight Watchers weird mindset and slimming world. It's like, oh, I'll put a pound on and I'll change my whole life to lose some weight. And then you're just in this weird cycle. Like, just get back to eating some, you know, I'm going to have some protein, lots of vegetables. Like I was really looking forward to having some vegetables today because I didn't have any at all for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes like that and it probably touches on what we're going to go to probably go into in mindset and stuff is like it depends on what I guess what your goal is at the minute so if you're somebody who's looking to to lose fat and you're on a conscious effort like say you, a conscious effort to to get leaner and strip some fat off then I, I'd I guess people like that who are tracking the calories I tend to say to them like look think of it like your bank account Assuming, like, because someone would probably listen to this and go, oh, it's giving people a bad relationship. Assuming somebody has a good relationship with food and they're not an emotional eater or whatever like that, then, like, I say treat it like your finances. So you've your daughter's birthday, like that, you're going to, you know, that's going to be a big expense, if you like, in terms of calories. So, it's, yeah, just rein it in uh, a little bit during the week, kind of before or after whatever, so you sort of balance the books. But then for somebody like, I guess for you, Neil, who's not that bothered about body composition and things at the minute, you've not got a goal that's like to, to strip fat or to get lean or whatever like that, then it is probably a case of don't worry about it. As long as you're not having too many of those, it's not like every weekend you're, you're doing that, then it is in between times. Just 
get back to your normal habits of being being active, training, you know, three, four, five times a week and eating vegetables with every meal and things like that, if you get that right, and longer term for people when they're looking to maintain, that's the way I do it. So it's, it's getting away from thinking about it as being like all about calories or on it and off it and that with with your diet. But I I agree. I think like... I guess calorie count for me is like having an idea of calories is something you want people to have from an educational point of view, but it doesn't necessarily mean everybody has to do it. And the reason I ask the question is my, my concern now with it. So like when I started out kind of PT and things like that, very little was said about calories. And then it suddenly become a thing. And certainly now as social media has grown, there's been, there's more, I guess more people who are good on social media, that whole calorie deficit thing gets thrown around a lot. And, you know, people, tend to get kind of berated with it and bashed around the head with this calorie deficit stick in terms of it put, I think it becomes a barrier for people to actually get into and making improvements to that because they think oh, I'm going to, going to have to be on my fitness pal all the time and therefore go, I'm not sure if I've got time for it. They start asking questions and it's just another barrier for them to, to get past, to get into it. Yeah. I love that. Who do you yeah. mean on social media? Who do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, oh. I'm not naming names. No. Back in the day, it was all about hormones and things like that. We all read a lot like that. Whereas now, it's like there's a lot yeah. more people who are like, I, I guess, read good stuff and uh, follow it like that. Yeah. No. Other it is than that, it's just going people, down. Like, I hate when trainers just say this to be like, calorie deficit, obviously, duh. And it's like some people don't know how to create a calorie deficit because. The, the quality of the food they eat is probably like I were doing yesterday where it just seems demoralizing. It becomes a starvation thing because they don't understand like nutrient dense quality in foods and things like that. And it, it can become this, I'm going to mm. starve myself thing. So it's, it's just a bad message. It's obviously the fundamentals of losing weight and we all know that, but it's yeah. that message. Well, that, that's oh, no. I, I was going to say, I think that brings us well into protein because that's one of the things like, People again, the misconception that is proteins like it's all about muscle and getting getting hench, and it it it's not because, like you said, nearly a lot of people hear that calorie deficit thing, and like you said, it's what people need to do. But how often have you had a client come to you and you've gone right? We need to create a calorie deficit where you're expending more calories than you you're burning. And they've gone, wow, this you want me to move more and eat less? It's like that's news to me. It's that's not the issue. The issue is how they go about creating it. And protein by having that with like a decent portion of protein with every meal, having the, the right amount on a daily basis is going to help them to feel full and help them therefore create that calorie deficit without them feeling like they're, they're going down that starvation path. Yeah, no, completely agree with that. And I, I think another thing that I don't know what you find with clients and stuff or, or people, people in general, to be fair, like is, uh, categorizing foods into good and bad. And they go like, oh, well, this is good for me. This is bad for me. And like, what's your sort of stance on good and bad foods? Is there such thing as good and bad foods? Or is it, again, part of that educational process and getting a better understanding of what you're eating and how it impacts your your body and your goals and everything like that? I can see you looking at me there, Neil, and going like, <laughs> seeing us up here for a run. Hey. <laughs> so go on, I'll, I will bite on that then. Um, so yes. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> I suppose if you wanted to look at some ways, you probably could argue there are good and bad foods, but I think context is bigger. And I think a lot of 100%. like people don't pick foods like what to eat based on the nutrient value things like you don't go i'm hungry i'm missing like vitamin a and vitamin c from my diet therefore i'm going to go and get some broccoli you don't think of it like that you think of it go i'm hungry what tastes good or you know some uh, along those lines you go for something that tastes good so i think from like most of us agree coaching people is more about it's about educating them but it's about behavior change so it's how you get them to eat more nutrient-dense foods. So like you said, 80% of the time having you know, decent sources of protein, lean meats, oily fishes, plenty of green and colorful vegetables, some fruit and like fibrous carbohydrates. And then the other 20% of their 
calories can come from whatever the hell they like because if they're if they're taking care of calories they're eating mostly nutrient dense foods they've got the context there is of a healthy diet so they've got the foundations and things in place so therefore if they're having one pizza a week and everything else is you know vegetables you know bits of fruit you know oily fish good sources of fats fiber things like that the pizza in that isn't going to do any damage whereas if it's flip it the other way around and they're bashing sausage rolls all day for lunch takeaways ready meals at night and everything a few beers or a bottle of wine or whatever to chill out in the evening if that's like their daily uh staple if they have then have a, have a salad to be good once a week that salad's doing nothing so it's like you know <laughs> you could argue like say that salad is good because it's full of nutrient dense foods but then you know we've got this lather a load of dressing all over it you're suddenly hiking the calories on it and the fats content of it and it's not good anymore so it's yeah i'd argue it's more contextual and it's more about what you're doing on the whole so and i also think with clients if i offer for any of us if you take away that good and bad stigma it gets them away from what nearly spoke about before of that like starvation diet mentality or the weight watchers it's like, you know, the traditional starvation diet where it's like, damn it, I've fallen off the wagon. I've got to get back on it. I've got to be hardcore for this week and starve myself. Whereas if they realize, go, actually, that chocolate bar isn't that bad because I've eaten really well the rest of the time. I'm eating mm. veggies most of the time. If I get back to doing that in the grand scheme of things, it's, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I've been sat here bubbling on the salad thing then. <laughs> I hate Why is it? Um, I don't know. I got. I think I saw when you got a post rumor on this. And I was like, that. I think I showed a client. I was like, this is class. It's like, why is it when people go on a diet, like let's say they go on a diet, they just start eating salads. It's like, it's not, there's not that much like nutrition from a salad, is there? You know, like you've got some lettuce and a bit of, you know, spinach and sugar, a bit of chicken or whatever on it. It's like it's it's low calorie, not healthy, isn't it? As opposed to like chicken, broccoli, a bit of sweet potato, or something. You know what I mean? Like again, I think it, there's a difference, isn't there? And I think people need to understand that. It depends on that. Yeah, I work with clients where I try and, to an extent, put them off having lettuce in a salad. Because you take clients when they write down all the food diaries and like chicken salad, and if they've had like lettuce and things in it, it's like I, I try and get them to swap that for more darker leafy greens. There's a lot more. And I didn't realize this until I was tracking my calories in that recently, how much spinach you can actually eat. So I was thinking, oh, spinach hardly weighs anything. I'll put like, you know, a good few handfuls on my plate when I make a salad or something like that. And it's only when I weighed it, I went, actually, it's like 50, 60 grams of uh, spinach. You eat a lot more than you, than you mm. realize. But things like you can, so you can still get a fair bit of nutrition from it, particularly the more different colors you put on there. But like you say, then... <laughs> that's not going to provide you with much extended, you know, that's that's one meal. So if you're doing that every day, let's say you'd be better going and getting like as many different colours as you can, as many different types of greens. So broccoli, you know, cauliflower, peas, um, and like you say, then adding colours to it. So like sweet potato and things like that. People don't realise how much nutrition there is to something like that. They just see it as that's carbs, not sure I should be eating that or got to be careful eating that. They don't realise actually potato can keep you full and is actually going to provide you with with other nutrients and things as well so yeah i i, I my issue with it is people just go to like you know they still have the traditional dieting mentality of like eating rabbit food so they'll have a salad but then they won't have a lot of chicken with it or something like that so then they'll feel starving afterwards and then they're battling willpower to try and keep them on the wagon so to speak and that's only going to last yeah. you can have a day when you know, the, the, the kids not in a in a great mood or whatever, crying a lot or like with like when they get older and they're like Fred who's like running around everywhere and doing everything. You're going like I just like just need to sit still for a minute. Well, I get it sorted. Eventually, you get to the end of it and go. Okay, I need a beer or I need whatever. You know, your willpower is only going to last so long. Yeah. The, the easier, the more filling you can make your diet, and the more so protein, particularly you know decent sources of carbs, and like that, the more food you can eat for you for your calories the, and and then also with that flexibility the more you can include some you know beers or pizza or whatever like that then the the less barriers to entry you've got because it, the less it feels like you're on a, a traditional sort of diet and therefore the more sustainable it should this will yeah way to you jonesy how do you get someone it should probably lead into the mindset thing 
if you have a client who just doesn't eat greens and doesn't enjoy it, like there's a, there's a it has to be a mindset mindset shift between the person you are now and the person you're gonna be when you you're at your goals. Like, how do you bridge that gap? Um, I think it's just like a bit of voyage of discovery, so to speak, and just talking like talking to them and just find out why because they'll have a fixed mindset on I don't like veg don't like anything green and it'll be something specific reasoning why that is and it's if you can try and unthread that little bit and get them to sort of think about how it can benefit them in the long run and how you know how it's going to support what they're doing and how does it set against the person they want to be or be a role model for the kids or something like that because you know like they are like they just copy us don't they as they grow up they just they look up and they see mom dad's friends family and everything like that and they'll just copy behaviors and if you're going oh that's that's horrible that's horrible that's horrible they're going to get into that mindset as well so if you're wanting to be like i say a role model for your kids and stuff and you know that the, that sort of, from a nutrition standpoint, you know, leafy green, dark green veg and stuff is, is, is going to benefit you. Then you want your, your kid to be healthy at the end of the day as well, don't you? So it's trying to showcase what what's going to benefit you in the long run to, to help yourself, support yourself and sort of be an example for your kids. Sweet. I think... I think I think you touched on a good point there, Jones, in terms of like, so taking it more towards mindset in terms of like how you identify as a person. So reading um, Atomic Habits by James Clear a few months ago, actually near the beginning of this year. And um, one of the things he said in that was like, if you're looking to create change, if you like, so say you want to be like a health, like say a healthier person, you want to lose weight or something like that, then identifying as somebody who, goes to the gym regularly if you say like oh yeah i go to the gym five times a week is more powerful than saying i want to start going to the gym four or five times a week mm. like somebody wants to you know stop smoking or something like that saying i'm a non-smoker is more powerful and will like put them in a better position to create that change than somebody who goes oh yeah i'm trying to give up smoking it's so like say if you if you then identify as you know if you're somebody who go i don't like veg you're putting your identifying as somebody who doesn't eat vegetables whereas if you yeah. if you've got that growth mindset going all right I, I eat vegetables and then go right i'm going to eat and you're going to try and choose the ones that are kind of least offensive to you start working on them and then as um like you said, it's it's least point. offensive straight in on sprouts go don't like greens yeah sprouts, <laughs> You go, right, I'm going to put, chuck some onions and peppers in like a curry or something like that, or chuck some, you want to yeah. chop some broccoli and chuck that in it, it, you know, or spinach in it. It's pretty, you know, neutral on taste. And when it's in a sauce or something like that, you, mm. you know, you, you're going to eat it. And then at least you build, you get some positive success. And go, actually, well, I eat those veggies. So you're backing up that, um, that identification of you are somebody who eats vegetables. Yeah. Like, how do we keep doing it? How do we keep doing it? How do we keep doing it? You just take the next step along rather than it yeah. being like, right, I need you to eat all these different vegetables tomorrow, off you go. Yeah, but again, it, it, it's you find that a lot, lot of people go on the sort of feast and famine route with that as well. They're like, right, I don't eat any veg, so I'm, I don't like it, I'm going to try it. And then they'll go to the local supermarket, get every vegetable imaginable, get home, and then just be overwhelmed because they're staring at a mound of veg. And they're not, add, they're not even something that's past the lips for... God knows how long, and suddenly it's like, oh my God, I've got like four pounds of cabbage here. And like, what am I going to do? Like, and it's panicking. And so you're just not going to do it. So again, it's just like, right, instead of trying to eat veg seven times a week, just once, just start with once a week, one meal a week, just start with that and then build on top of that. Build on how's that going? Well, I managed it this week, but I actually had a little bit more this week. Oh, fantastic well done like keep going did it and it's just building those habits in slowly to be till it becomes norm you know it's, it's like um it's like cooking skill as well isn't it you know not like you have to be like a michelin star chef but mm. when people think about 
greens it's like boiled to the death and it's you know it's nice you know it's like like for me i, I always roast broccoli with like some salt because i like a salty taste to it you know boiled, oh, nice. and it gives yeah. it just, you know yeah. the taste i mean i had a client who she just couldn't get her kids to eat veg so she started sprinkling stevia on top of um broccoli and it just gave it a bit of a sweet no. taste no way she tried it with a little bit of honey and then started like you say hiding it in stuff and all of a sudden that She's like, you know what? They started eating it and she kind of got it out. But it's, yeah, it's finding different ways, isn't it, to cook that? Yeah. Cabbage. Because, I mean, like, let's be honest, like, boiled broccoli that's been in Tupperware and left for a few hours, <laughs> like, no one's good. No one enjoys eating that, surely. Like, you open it up, it stinks, it's cold, it's soggy, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to leave that, I think. And eat round it, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not a nice thing. So again, it, it is like say that, that sort of right. Do you know what? Look at different ways to to present it, and and that goes a long way to be able to sort of change that mindset around what you can and cannot eat and what's good and bad and everything like that. You reckon it all plays into this kind of like all or nothing approach. In terms of people go like right, I'm, I'm going to get in shape, or you know, I'm going to I'm going to get rid of my dad bod or whatever, however they want to put it. They'll go like right, I'm going to start my diet on Monday. So then they automatically they associate <laughs> with getting in shape, a healthy diet of like eating clean and not having any beers, not having any uh, you know, I say nice foods, any like pizza, burgers, chocolate, anything like that, and then they associate with going to work with boiled veg like chicken like plain chicken boiled veg or whatever like that in a tupperware container and almost like i guess subconsciously the misery that goes along with that yeah i'm losing weight i'm gonna go keto carnival vegan you know whatever it is. Oh. it's like i don't know it's like going to the show i'm having that diet today yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but i think because of Sorry, Rima, go on. I was going to say with the R, but then they get after like, probably not even a week, two weeks or whatever, they can't sustain it, fall off the wagon and go, oh, well, that diet was crap. They want it, right, what's the next one? And you go back in the shop and get, go, uh, go for the next diet. Yeah, but I think it's, uh, I think it sort of touches on the, on the bigger picture as in like this society that we live in with all this instant gratification, all this next day delivery, all this sort of instant access to, to everything, to the world, to life, etc. And somebody starts and goes, right, I'm gonna, I need, I want to drop a bit of weight. Great. I'm gonna start diet on Monday. So I'll have a massive blowout on this weekend, start on Monday, and it's that instant like from sort of left to right, black and white, right, chicken, rice, and broccoli, da da da. Three days later, I've not lost much weight. Doesn't work, don't like it bang oh, i'll tell you what I'll, I'll start next week so i'll have a few more do you know what i mean and, it, and i think society what we live in at the minute is it has a big role to play in, in people's mindsets about approaching health and fitness losing weight being a role model what that looks like because look you you open your phone on anything and it tells you how you should look where you should live what you should drive what you should eat, do you know what I mean? And you're going, well, I'm doing none of those. So obviously I'm in the wrong completely. Well, that's life sucked. I might as well just sit home and not go to the gym and eat crap all night. Do you know what I mean? And it's because people constantly compare themselves to, to people you see. It's just advertising everywhere, like especially like social media. You go on Instagram and it's like, Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm none of the above. So obviously I don't matter. Whereas people need to understand that what they see is like the 1% yeah. of people. And it, and that's where we get caught up in that mindset of that feast and famine all or nothing. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like that. Like you, you're a parent, you've got a job, you know, you, you're dealing with stresses left, right and center, and you're just living uh inverted commas normal life like you go to the, and it's about building habits i think you were saying it before Emma, about train three to five times a week eat 80 percent of the time with a good source of protein carbs around your training and plenty of veg 
And if you want to have a few drinks of the weekend, if you want to have a meal out or a takeaway in, fine, great. You, you know, you're being active, you're being a role model, you're being the person who you want to be. You, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not six packs and fucking sub-10% body fat. It's about who do you want to be? Why do you want to train? What, why are you doing this? Why are you deciding that you want to take action and uh, drop some weight or, or, or go to the gym or whatever it may be? You know, it's like get away from all the surface bullshit and actually find out the real reason that's going to drive you on because it's not, it's not a quick fix. I think we spoke about that in the last podcast or the one before about sort of quick transformations. And again, that sort of taps into this sort of modern day mentality that we have. And people want it now, but it's like, you know, I said, there's some great trainers out there who, who get people in fantastic shape and everything. But the question I'll always ask and put forward to, to clients who come forward and want that kind of transformation is, is the end point sustainable? Is the shape you get in for the photo shoot or whatever it may be, Obviously, you've got your reasons for that and fantastic, and that's your drive to go forward. But is what is at the end, is that sustainable for the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, 10 years? Do you know what I mean? Or are you going to go into a bit of that roller coaster between bulking and being lean? Bulking, being lean, do you know what I mean? And you get caught in that mindset a little bit, and you can you can wrap whatever word you want around justification for doing that but it, it's it, it can be similar to that all or nothing feast and famine do you know what i mean and it's like and it but it, as the person doing it you've got to understand and know that that's what you're doing and that's your choice and it's not you're not doing it for the wrong reasons because again it, it's a it's a tough cycle that you can get and it's not because you know dad of three adds an eight pack and is sub 10%. And that's what he's like all year round because he won't be. It just happened. You know, he's worked hard to get into that point for that photo shoot or whatever it may be, but that won't be him three, 365 days a year for years on end. <clears throat> yeah. So sort of on that, it, it's, you've got to, your journey's personal to you and you've got to have your understanding of, of why you're doing it so it's a, it's a question that gets banded around or it's a word that gets banded around a lot about the why like is your why backing up what you're doing so i, I think uh, i put a post about it this morning about why why do i train why do i um try and stay fit and healthy and everything and it, it's two simple reasons one is you know i've got a family and a young son and i want to be a role model and, and be active with 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 the with the lad especially sort of for years and years to come and secondly like seeing both my parents pass away when i was younger through like long-term illness and seeing how your health gets taken away from you so quickly you know that that scares the hell out of me so again it's it's i want to be sort of fit and healthy i know it's like a broad spectrum but i know what fit and healthy is to me which is training three to five times a week and going over what we said before around nutrition, sort of having that 80-20 rule and being fine with that. But a lot of society dictates or says you should be something else. And it's pretty much all the time what you're not at that moment in time. And it can just add to that pressure of, right, I, I don't have that. I don't look like that. And it, it's about, so when you, when you start your journey or say you make that sort of, taking action and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take control of this and, and I'm going to change my habits and, and training and everything like that. Make sure that you have your why, make sure it's personal to you and make sure it's your thoughts and, and words and not something that somebody from social media, magazines, papers, whatever it may be, has just put into you because that's what society says. I think there's two things that oh, a couple of things playing up being about three or four now. I'm going to say this. Uh, <laughs> I, I pulled out of that, and I guess it link, link back into say so. One is like your, you said about your why, like kind of your 
uh, I, I guess being a role model for your kids and your like impact on them. So I think like kind of for, from what you said, it's about, I don't like as a dad, particularly for a girl, I don't want her growing up and seeing like a healthy diet and exercise being something that you do. You bash it out for four or six weeks, eating food that you don't enjoy killing yourself, you know, trying to absolutely bury yourself into the floor in the gym or doing insanity workouts at home, or whatever, in the lead up to a holiday or after Christmas as like a punishment for mm. overindulging and like eating stuff you enjoy the rest of the time. And the second thing I guess for me is then what you said about like wanting to, I guess, stack the chips in your favor in terms of from a health perspective to minimize risk of any kind of health conditions and things like that and be able to obviously go and then run around with Fred and play, play with Fred uh, as he grows up and things like that is like, you know, that's kind of what I guess your one, your mindset then is like, there's no deadline to any of that. You know, you, you don't see it as a, a 12 week thing or a 16 week thing that I've got to do that. And then that's the destination that I get to it's a case of like you mm. said before it's a journey of discovery and that if I'm putting these things in place to do them all the time I'm setting the example to him I'm stacking the odds in like my favor in terms of from a health perspective and everything like that but also I can go and do the things that I want to do in in life you know with uh with you know the wife and the kids and and things like that I can be a, a great dad but you know I'm not miss like missing out on things or punishing myself for eating nice foods and, and relaxing some of the time, whatever. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? it? It's But again, it's your choice. Cause I, I know, there, you know there's obviously a lot of people out there who, who do the, tra- the transformate, the, the quick turnarounds and everything like that. And like, look, you know, fair play to you. That's, that's what you want to do. And that's what I was saying before, of making sure the reasons why you do what you do, whether it is long-term, whether it is short-term, whatever it may be, but make sure that that why is personal to you and strong enough to to drive you through it and you're doing it all for the right reasons. I think that why helps with your emotional side of eating as well. You know, if you ever, like you say, you're strong. I know I can only say this from my personal, like when I played rugby, it was like play on a Sunday. Sunday night, I was going all in on chocolate, (laughs) kebabs, whatever it was, you know, because I could. And it really, what it was, was this emotional kind of comfort after a game of rugby and a week of eating so structured. But obviously mm. now my why is different. I don't need that crutch as much as this emotional, like mm. I obviously have it sometimes, you're like, you know, you sit down and enjoy a meal and that's why we eat. But I think having that strong why, of mm. why now I'm like, you know, yeah. I want to be, like you say, healthy long-term. I don't want to wake up on a Monday morning feeling mm. like shit because I bet, you know, a load of shite from a takeaway or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll still enjoy it, but I'll just tone it down mm. a little bit and eat it a bit slower and kind of not have that crutch anymore because be wise. Yeah. So, so just on that, so obviously you were lucky enough to be a professional athlete. Yes. Yeah. And so with your, with your rugby, there was a, a structure around that structure around training structure around sort of like how, how structured was it around the food to start with? Like, were you given pointers or were you sort of left a bit free range or were you sort of conscious of like, you want to perform best on the, on the pitch. So you sort of knew what was. I think uh, sport. I mean, I can only tell you from my journey as it, but I think sport followed the same kind of fads as everywhere else did. I remember being, you know, growing up, I was lucky enough. I was, what was called the scholarship scheme at the time. It was like Warrington. And what that meant was you trained a few days a week with your professional club and played a few amateur club as well. But you'd go in and you'd train together as the scholarship team. And then you'd have like someone from university come in and speak to you about nutrition. And obviously they spoke to you about the fundamentals of carbohydrates and energy. So everyone was like pasta and, you know, the usual stuff. And then I remember as I kind of progressed through the first team, we had one pre-season where they just shoved everyone on a low-carb diet and I just in my head I just I couldn't do it I just couldn't I just seen guys in front of me losing stone stone and a half two stone and there was obviously a reasoning behind it but it was a bit of a fad and I was just like this is stupid and they kind of give us the best thing they did give us was 
here's a green day, here's a red day, here's, here's an amber day. Yeah. And you create your own days with mm. that. So, you know, like, if you play it on a Sunday, your Sunday night, you might have some carbs. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday might be green, which is probably low carb. And then you start building up through the week. But And then, obviously, as a... As I kind of kind of dropped out and went part-time professional, I just kind of learned more about nutrition myself mm. and said, here's what I want, you know. I, you know, I ate well, but I also had to eat a lot, you know, because like you say, we you guys were in the gym most of the day, running about, and then I was going to train. Mm. So my carbs were, were through the roof. But I think as a professional full-time, you're, um, like you say, you, you're not, I didn't move much after training. Yeah. So, I would train in the morning and I'd be home for one, two o'clock and it was feet up PlayStation time. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Living the dream. Yeah, and, you know, it, that's what it was. Uh, so there was a lot of that no carbs mm. after six stuff, you know, all that stuff going on with people for the, for the big ones. <laughs> yeah. In terms of what we were given was a lot of contradiction information, you know, because yeah. one player would... I mean, there was one player at Warrington who... Ben Westwood, who was absolutely on probably one of the best rugby players I've ever seen play the game. You know, he could play 80 minutes week on week and just put in so much work. But his diet was shocking. So, you know, like his diet was horrendous. And uh, there were just people like that. And, you know, it's hard. You have the, you know, the guys who are really into it and the guys who are not. And there's the only mm. advice, but a lot of, I just find sports people, rugby lads are the, the worst and I'd say sometimes clients because <laughs> oh my mate did vegan and he you know he did this or this guy did this and he's playing like this and it's just like it's the same as anybody else like what, yeah. what works for you isn't it but like yeah. I, said, I think the information is very conflicted in professional sport really but how did your sort of mindset change because of going from sort of professional to sort of semi-professional and then out of, out of the game how did and obviously your the structure around what you're eating and then you're saying being good and then you played on Sunday and then Sunday night it was like right free range let's blow the doors off it let's just have whatever is that were they habits that you sort of carried on for a bit afterwards or are they were you quite good in going right do you know what I can relax straight away and, and you sort of had that quick mindset change or was it something that you had to almost relearn again a little bit I think it was relearn. I mean, even now I have the, like most people, the reward mindset of the weekend. And it's like, I've had to, like my, my, I mean, my diet now is drastically different. Like, you know, like I used to go from eating six meals a day with protein shakes and stuff, especially when I was in the gym playing part-time, you know, train, I'd used to train in the gym, um, work all day, get on the road, get up to Oldham, then we're training again in the gym doing bits and then we'd be on the field and I was just eating, you know, five, 6,000 calories a day, you know, probably around 12, 12% body fat, like fairly lean for um, what we were doing. And then obviously when I finished, it was like, right, I need to tone it down. That's what it's giving me digestion, digestion system, a bit of a relax. So now I'm kind of like, I've had to slowly get myself into three meals a day and, you know, bulk their meals up and just say, chill out a bit. And, you know, I don't need to bash supplements anymore. I'm not going to waste away. So the ad- I have all these things going on in my head as well. And then when it does get to a weekend, it's like, no, you're not going to eat a kilo of dairy milk. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just not, you know, um, you know, it was like, like I said before, another one, it's, I always struggle to maintain weight, you know, when I was playing. So, mm. I could get away with it now. If I did the same thing, I don't know what the outcome would be. But yeah, it, it, I, even to this day, you know, it's what is it Monday? You know, I'm thinking, you know, you know, what's coming on? You know, what am I having for me tea tonight? You know, is it what I'm going to get some enjoyment out of it? Is it going to be a, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it, it is that. It, but definitely, yeah, it took me a while to make that switch to go. Mm. I don't need a pizza and a whatever. It's just you know. I think one of the big ones is I said to one of the clients who's quite a you know straight talking guy, and I was like, you know, big part of your problem is just don't eat like a dickhead. <laughs> he went, he laughed, <laughs> and I was like, it is, isn't it? Like, you know, like I was eat. I'll say this thing: I was eating like a dickhead when I was playing rugby. I'll be, you know, I would go home, and it used to be a bit of an ongoing laugh between the lads, going, 
what did you have on the weekend? I got this Chinese and I smothered it with this and then it had chocolate and, oh, no, there's, no, you should have gone for this, pal. Didn't you get any cookies? And you're like, oh, I'm going to do that next week. And, <laughs> you know, and I said it to one of my clients, he went, yeah, you're right, because if you do get a takeaway, you can get a few slices of pizza and, you know, a piece of protein or something. And when you're done with it, you're done with it, you know, and then you move on. And I think one of the things that was the, the big shift for me was like, don't, you know, don't try and... Not a man test, is it? Binge, <laughs> yeah. Don't binge eat because you feel like you're going back on a diet again Monday with what most people do. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the feast of famine. I think that's a great one because people get into that structure of the week, like weekday dieting. You go like that. I have work, and, well, probably a, bit, a little bit less so the minute because of the lockdown things, but like work Monday to Friday for most people provides structure. So then they like sort the diet out around it and they find it probably easier. There's less time for them to sort of go off the rails a little bit. And then they get to the weekend and go, right, that's when I have my social stuff. So that's when I have like my takeaway or I have my beers or or whatever. I see my mates and, and catch up with them. And then they get, they have something that's on during the week and they've got to go out, you know, they're going out and they might be going out for a meal or they're going somewhere, they're going to have drinks and they suddenly go, what the hell do I do? I, I, what am I going to do with that? Like, <laughs> the same as what you'd normally do. You just go and eat something you're going to enjoy, have a few drinks, but like, obviously, because you're going to have work the next morning, just don't go out and get absolutely smashed. Mm. Like you said, just don't go and eat like a dickhead and just rein it in a little bit of the weekend. Don't like, yeah. you don't you like, have to shift your weekends sort of during the week a little bit. It's, yeah. It, I remember like on that, like somebody sort of, putting an analogy together about it like if you get a puncher you don't get out of your car and then slash the rest of your tires do you no exactly you know what I mean? it's like it's fine just change your tire you're okay like and you can ca- carry on your journey it just makes you know what I mean? it looks weird, like say from like nearly talking then and so we, we've all obviously thought in similar ways at times of going like right during the week i eat this weekend you know can relax it a little bit more and, and, and things like that and it's funny how we get into that, like that mindset. You say, so when something does come up in the week and it's not a weekend, everyone suddenly goes, like they get, it's like they get a mental block. What can I do with that? It's like that, that for me is where like having a coach helps because people can then, you can like lend somebody your logical brain and go, it doesn't matter. You just, and they suddenly go, oh yeah, I can just do the same as what I do at the weekend. Can't I just be a bit tired at the weekend? And you go, yeah. And they go, all right, I'll do that then. And it's, 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 I say it's, it's mad, mad isn't it? Because into it. yeah, and sometimes it is just that conversation because you know the person you talk to has got the head buried in the situation, having a bit of a flap, and they just ask you a simple question. You give them a simple answer, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, nice one. Let's. Uh, well, I, I'll just go that's out. That's a good example of like we took the mic a bit earlier on when I said about flexibility and that with uh, with your diet. And that's that's what it is. I think like, the other aspect to it as well, we talk about, like we joked before about flexibility being like the ability to have beers or whatever, keep beers in your diet and still be able to, I say stay on track almost, it's more not feeling like you're falling off, or yeah, feeling like you're not falling off track. So, so to speak, it's, but it's also the ability to shift things around in your diet rather than going, right, I'm strict these days and I'm relaxing more these days. So actually I can be, you know, I, I can go out and have a couple of drinks midweek. And, things. and I, I had a joke, I think I wrote one of my, either a post about it or one of my um, like emails about it. Is I did a check-in with some of my clients over the first lockdown and they were sat there having like a glass of wine on a Tuesday night. And uh, I sat on, <laughs> on Zoom with them and they're like, yeah, yeah, we've got like we've got over the weekend, we've got the calories for it and things like that. And we just sat enjoying a bottle of red and uh doing like the nutrition check and for that. I was like for me, I was like that that's like when you know somebody gets it and they they under like what you're working on with them is like sort yeah. of like the, the penny sort of drops, so to speak, and they understand it if they can sit there with you and not feel like guilty for having uh, having a bottle of wine or for, for whatever they, they don't feel like you're going to give them a bollocking because they've gone off track or whatever. That's when you know they get it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like having a glass of wine or like, shit, put it away quick and get some celery sticks out. And like saying that, saying that's like, going back to what kind of Jones said earlier, is that a lot of the stuff in the fitness industry on 
that you see you know peddled on social media and things is about kind of like eat i guess eating clean it's about you know very kind of goal centric in in terms of um i guess meal prep eating out of a tupperware container you know are you eating x amount of protein x amount of fat x amount of carbs every day and things like that when it actually if you for me so if you give people the freedom and like, empower them to be able to make their own food choices you take away that kind of deadline that all or nothing mentality by giving them more freedom they're probably more likely to stay on track and then actually get what we're all trying to we're all trying to do that have that um this kind of more flexible long-term mindset yeah definitely definitely agree with that okay. so i think it's probably a good place sort of to round it up there because i think it's actually worked quite well today i think we said it last week in terms of nutrition and mindset become a bit more intertwined and we've not just spoken about having chicken and broccoli with uh, every meal and then uh, um, sort of got off it from there. So um, anything you boys, any points you guys want to raise before we finish? Anything we've not spoken about? I think we covered everything. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think we, that was pretty, uh, covered most bases there. So if anyone does want to... as well, sorry, mate. Like, I know you said it in jest at the start, but eat some protein, have some carbs and a load of veggies. Jobs are good and- you know, like if you actually did that, like generally it would, you'd got to be a long way to go. Yeah. You say, I, I, I agree. I think, like, say people realize that, like, obviously calories are the number one thing, but by doing that, and if they did that most of the time, they'd probably create a calorie deficit as long as they didn't eat like a dickhead when they do decide they're going to uh, relax things a little bit. But, I, I, I can see Neely painting in that, that slogan. <laughs> gonna get t-shirts printed up with it and things like that and everything ne- nearly says don't eat like a dickhead <laughs> um so if anyone's got any questions any i guess any thoughts they've come up with off the back of, back of today's um chat where can they uh where can they reach you boys yep chris jones pt and mentoring on instagram uh, adam neil coaching yep. and uh as always, you can like message me at, at Coach Rimmer on Instagram, Facebook, and wherever else and that. So, um, yeah, hopefully, it's been a bit of a long one today, so hopefully you've got something out of it. Um, if you have, please like subscribe, share it with your mates, leave us a five-star rating and review and all that stuff. It really does help us, and um, it gives us a bit of a boost and makes us know that we're not just chatting rubbish and uh, sort of ranting <laughs> at each other for, uh, for a bit every week. So, yeah, hopefully everyone's enjoyed it. Please go on wherever you get your podcast and uh, subscribe and, and share it around. And uh, we'll be back again next week.